0: We start off with a couple of great songs, by the way, you hired. And I'll pay you the same. I'll double whatever we pay in Charles and the rest of them, okay? <laughs> Paycheck comes the second Tuesday of the fifth week of every month. But anyway, folks, really. And I, I I don't know people. You say oh, you need to be reverent in church. No. Reverence is letting God know that you love Him and caring about Him and you got some excitement about you because of what He do. Boy, I'm sitting over. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, and that's what I want. So. A few of you have learned to stand up, but man, when we get these old songs like that going, we ought to—we all to rejoice. The man walking by the down by the by where he was walking on the water. I mean, you think you think Peter was? Golly, Jesus, that's a neat trick. <laughs> John said, Peter, I bet you can't go out there and do that. Man, they were rejoicing. You, what, what did they do when they went and found that empty grave? They went and told everybody. They came running. They didn't even all the way understand it. But boy, when they did, they got excited. Began to let people know. Folks, you want revival, then start letting people know, I'm excited about the God I serve because He is real. He is real. And which what we're going to talk about today is the church. The church. And what's your part in it? We've had people getting saved and, and through life, uh, a lot of times people get saved and they, they follow through. Last year we talk, last week we talked about uh, repentance, repenting from sin, getting baptized and be becoming disciples and stuff. Becoming that disciple gets you going where you're learning and stuff. But, but what's your purpose within the church? And why do we have this thing called the church? Folks, oh, so you're, you're the baptized body of believers joined together for corporate worship and to build upon and to let people know. Go with me to Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19 and 20, where we see the Great Commission. We're going to start there, and then, Caleb, we're going to be over in the book of Ephesians. All right. Hurry up. Y'all get in them Bibles and turn to them, or get on the phone, whatever, wherever you got it. And I know... Y'all going to get lazy because you're going to be. De- say he didn't put it up there right yet. He's working. Matthew 28, verses 18, the Great Commission. Folks, I don't know about you, but you ought to have a Bible everywhere you go. Have one in your truck, your car, wherever you're at, you ought to have access. If Randall had not had the Bible in his truck that day that I went over there, I, it's a good possibility I wouldn't have been led to the Lord. So you need to have one available. And if you got it on your phone, then just keep the battery charged up because you're going to need it. All right, are you there? All right. This is what Jesus told him. He said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Is anybody greater than Jesus? Does anybody have more authority than Jesus? So when He said that, He says, All authority... In all of the world has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Everything. So if Jesus is living in the midst of your heart, how much authority do you have? All right. So when you become a Christian, you're saved. Now, a Christian is not being a member of an organization, a Christian is a person saved by faith who put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. That's when you become a Christian not because you live in America or anything else. You either believe in Jesus Christ or you don't. But when you've believed and you put your faith in Christ and you've joined with Him through baptism, then you have access to this same authority so that you can live in Him and do whatever He desires for you to do. And so we come together to be a place of discipleship where we grow our young Christians. And you know, whether they're 70 years old or 7 years old, where these little babies can come and begin to learn and grow and begin to understand, where us old people can come and grow and understand. A, a house dedicated to the Lord where we can meet with God, praise God, get excited, and be lifted up and go out to make an impact on the world. Because that's exactly what it says in verse 19. He said, go, not sit, not stay, go. Where are we going to go? When you come together, you're going to be getting yourself ready to go out, and the, part, the purpose of the church is to go out. Churches are dying today because they're all sitting around waiting on somebody to come. I can't figure out why in the world nobody comes and sees us anymore. Well, they don't see you outgoing. If they see you outgoing and having a good time and ministering and touch people alive, guess what? They liable to come. Because you've went. If you want a four-letter word, then use went. But Jesus said, go. He said, get out of the church and get out there in the month's stuff. I want you to go, therefore, and do what? Make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is what I want to stop right here and talk about. You get saved and you join a church. Well, I want you to know you're joining more than a local church, a local body. The church is the kingdom of God throughout the world. And you have a part in that. As a Southern Baptist, which that's what we are, we're a cowboy church in a Southern Baptist convention. But this is what I want you to Understand you have a a part in. When you put your offering over here in this boot, part of it stays right here. The majority of it stays here so we can pay the bills and do all the things, so we can add on to the back over here, and have a kitchen, so we can keep doing events and stuff like that. But part of it goes to a place called the Southern Baptist Convention with located in Atlanta, George Spittles. You ever heard of a Baptist hospital? All right. They don't get all the support. They get most of it from insurance companies. But those were started by Baptists, supported by the convention. What about Baylor and Southwestern, our seminaries and our colleges? Well, your money, part of that money you go in there that we send every month into the state convention goes to help support education. So that money's going out but it also helps support missionaries so that they can go... So you're part of something bigger than this local body. You're part of the church worldwide. All right? Because you're being brought into a place that's reaching people around the world. So you need to get your eyes and your blinders off. There's old blinders you put on a horse or a mule to keep them going straight and let them see some peripheral vision. You need to understand that the church that God created is way bigger than this right in front of us. You're a part of something that's phenomenal. And God's working through you and through other individuals because out of the local body is where He calls preachers, ministers, missionaries, teachers, and all these things. We're going to look at that over in Ephesians 4.11 here in just a minute. But... All these people are called out of local bodies, in local churches. Why? God was working in the local church. He got them saved. He brought them into a church. They began to be discipled. They began to grow. They began to learn. And God began to speak. And when God begins to speak, He's asking you to react. God speaks, you act. The problem is God speaks a lot to a lot of people and they do this he must be talking to somebody not talking to me well he may be talking right at you and you're off doing your own thing Barbara and I have been keeping grandkids yesterday afternoon today and, and all this I was supposed to have been keeping them this morning um but uh, last night when it was time to go to bed or begin to do it, you know, you talk to them and they just keep doing what they're doing. Always oh, going to take them to down Marshall and go see a, some stuff. And we told them, we, we're fixing to go, boys. Pick up the toys. Boy, we're fixing to go. We need pe- you know what? They were listening to me and they heard every word I said. They just didn't act upon it. And then I told him, I said, your daddy's learned to spank y'all. Ain't he? Uh-huh. I said, what do you think he learned? <laughs> Guess who taught him? And one of them got to experience that this morning. Folks, God speaks to all of you individually as a born-again believer in the midst of a church, but he's waiting on you to begin to act upon that. Because you can never truly experience a holy and righteous God till you learn to be obedient to a holy and righteous God. You want revival, people want to drive and get in their cars and drive hundreds of miles to go up to uh, where God's working when all they've got to do is turn around and stop at their church and say, I'm ready for one right here, God. You don't have to drive to a place of revival. You've got to get together and get ready for God to have a revival. And I promise you, He's really working hard right now to do that right here in this community, right here with this church and this body. But we've all got to join together and get a little bit excited, a little bit joined together, and begin to rock and roll with this thing so God can do whatever He needs to. Because God says, go and make disciples. Most of you will never have to go outside of a 10-mile radius of your home. There will be plenty of people for you to reach within a 10-mile radius of your home. But some will be asked to go further. Some will be asked to move around the world or across the country. Some of you will be asked to quit a job or change places, do a lot of different things, do something you have never thought you'd ever do because you're part of a body called the church. And then he says, teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. Teach. Boy, I've heard this so many times, it makes till I'm blue in the face. Well, I, I'm not called to be a teacher. Jesus said you've all been called to teach. You may not teach a class, but you can teach somebody close to you. We had a little school lesson Friday with those young boys up here helping us. Some of them learned what a shovel was for. Some learned how to break a shovel, didn't we, Joseph? And you broke the preacher's shovel on top of that. But we had some lessons, and they learned them, and I was real proud of all of them because they were up here working, and some of them, you know, Muscle man, y'all get you old man get away. Way I'll pick that up. That's exactly what we wanted you to do. <laughs> Somebody taught us to do that a long time ago. Yeah, we want you to flex those muscles and get in it. But, folks, there's things that in this body you can teach people to do. You've experienced life, some of you, have 50, 60, 70 years of life. You've made your share of mistakes. You've made your share of victories. You've got something up here, if you've walked with God for any time at all, that you can teach somebody that doesn't know that. But you've been called by God to teach, so not to sit, not to learn and observe like a sponge. A sponge just takes it all in, but never does anything with it. You're a living Being that God's called to be part of a worldwide church and a worldwide movement, to be busy about His work, once the Great Commission, we may not ever get over to Ephesians to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, lo, in other in what he's saying, in other words, I am with you even to the end of the age. That's a promise, folks. There's some promises in this Bible that God says that I just really hold on to. And this is one of them. I'll never leave nor forsake you. I'm there with you through the end of it. In other words, as long as I draw breath and live right here on this earth, no matter how bad it gets, my God and my Savior is going to be with me till the end of the age. He's not going to leave till He takes us all home. So that authority he talked about in verse 18 is with me all the way to the end of this age. Isn't that something? God not only calls me to to go and do, but he equips me to do. He equips me to do whatever I need to. He, He begins to equip the church to do whatever it needs to. In February of 21, coming out of the COVID, coming out of some situations, we were averaging 35 to 40 in this church. And we began, We started with a renewal. I said, we're going to have a renewal in March. We're going to start afresh. We're going to get back to doing the basics. We're going to begin to build. The previous year, we brought in like $87, $88,000. 2021, we brought in $118,000. 2022, God kept growing the church and growing in blessing. We brought in $256,000. Well, what did y'all do with that money? 2021, we put $50,000 out here in the parking lot and around fixing up and renewing some of it. Last year, we spent about $82,000 doing all this in here, adding some more concrete. This year, 2023, we're going to put in probably $200,000 worth of work, adding on a kitchen and a dining area, some storage and various things that we need, and going to continue to grow. Why? Because God's working, people are giving, and we're able to do it. Now on top of of all these physical things, we gave more to missions, we did more outreach, and we did more uh, involvement in the community than we've ever had then. We sponsored a concert up here back in the fall. Paid for everything. Had that group come in. We paid for it. Called and invited all the churches. Come, bring a table, set up, and tell somebody about your God and your church. One church responded to that invitation and brought a table. People from other churches came, but no other church came up there to involve. Nobody else. But we paid for all of it. It's free of charge. All you got to do is come. We we fed. We worked at the rodeo. We've done. We give stuff away. Jimmy's not here. He's trying to do some other things right now. But you wouldn't believe when we set the wagon and we start giving things away. How many people cannot believe a church is giving food away, and they just insist, take this money, take it. And we're sitting there, no, no, no. And finally, you'll give in to one or two of them because they just because they can't believe. A church is doing that. But isn't that what we're called to do? Is to make a difference in the community. God's blessing, He gives it. We want to give it back. And folks, we we uh, I had set aside last year $4,500 for evangelism. We spent 6500 for evangelism. We're proud of that. We're proud of that. Everything we've ever done, we've paid for and paper. everything out here is paid for when we get through with this bill out here it'll be paid for why because god's provided what we've needed now how does he do that he didn't drop it down airmail i know a lot of you wished he would but he begins to bless individuals as they put money in the boot and they they say well god is tight right now but i'm gonna give anyway and all of a sudden, it doesn't add up, but it's there. God's teaching you. Then it begins to grow, and those blessings get bigger and bigger. Now, now, stop right here. I'm going to inject this. You've probably heard from some of these name it, claim it preachers. Well, if you give and plant that seed, God is obligated to give you a hundredfold. No, He's not. All right. God's not obligated to you for anything. Because you'll tend to say, Well, I'll give a dollar, and God, that means you owe me 10. You give to the Lord because you love Him. And you not expect, but you know He will take care of you and He will bless you. And I've watched people throughout my ministry try to outgive God. Pure heart. You know what they've come away thinking? Ain't no way this sucker will wear you out. The more I try to give, the more he gives. The more I try to do, the more he begins to pour out. Because he's called certain people to be givers. He's called all of us to give, but certain ones he blesses. I was telling a man the other day, Mr. Letourneau down here at Longview, began, started a business way back right after the Model T's, I guess, and he committed 10% of whatever Letourneau made it, made to the Lord. Everything that he brought in, Mr. Letourneau gave 10% of everything. When he died, Mr. Letourneau was living off of 10%, giving God 90%. He had a college, had worked hundreds and hundreds of people, produced equipment, went all around the world. People from all around the world knew what Letourneau was, but they didn't know him. But God just kept blessing and blessing and blessing because He kept blessing God and giving to what was needed. He funded all kinds of operations. Various things. Because, my friend, when you get serious about serving God and you begin to get excited about that and you begin to join together, God will just do a mighty work in your life. And you've proven that just this past year and how you've responded to that and stuff. All right, we are going to make it to Ephesians 4, 11. I'm probably going, well, let's go ahead and start there. I'm going to read this. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. That's the calling out of certain individuals there. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service. In other words, within a group, he begins to call people out to be these these leadership roles. Why? To equip you to go do the same type of things. The church is not a a benevolence household. It's an education place where you come to learn to, to, to serve God, be obedient to God, to grow in your faith, and to minister and make a difference in people's lives. That's what the church is. The, the mistaken identity sometimes is people just think it's a place to come and the government's funding it and stuff. We don't receive a dime from the government. And we never will. If my God can't provide it, I don't need it. And I sure don't want Uncle Sam's hand involved with anything I do. Because it will go corrupt real quick. But he'd love to have a part of it. But it's not our responsibility to do that. It's part of our responsibility is to assist people. But the primary deal is to train and teach people to be servants of God and to build up the body of Christ. This is where I want to go. You see, you as an individual, when you get saved, you join a, a body, you become an intricate part of the body of Christ. In other words, you're a part of a church locally so that you can serve locally and be a part of it but remember i was talking about where all your money goes and in different things you're part of that too i've got a daughter and son-in-law and four grandkids uh last last i heard they were in serbia but looks like they may be moving somewhere else either moving to greece or spain because they went over there to serve college students And they've been there seven years, and uh, God's moving them now. Stephen is now in charge of training all people that's going to start college ministry throughout Europe. We help fund them, but we also pray for them. They'll meet us. Why don't you all open the door? It is getting warm in here. Some of you may be getting a little cold, but we got to have some air in here. All right, this preaching gets hard on me, but uh, but you're a part of that. It's called a body. Jesus refers to it as a body. Now, a dead body does what? A dead body does nothing. So, what kind of body should you be? A living body dedicated to the Lord. So, what God's wanting a church to be is a living body. That's reaching out and doing what he's called him to do. So, it, folks, when you join to be a part of it, he's brought you here for a purpose, and he's brought you to be a a blessing. How many of you got a blessing up here, brother? You blessed us. You've been hiding back there for four weeks. They've told me you could play the guitar, and I about decided they'd lied to me. No, I didn't. I, I, just, I was just waiting for God to get a hold of it. Boy, you blessed us today. You blessed us. If some of y'all sitting back there hiding some blessings to this body, because God's gifted you to do certain things, and you're saying, well, I don't want to be in front of people. Well, if somebody doesn't get up in front of somebody, there won't be anything going on. Somebody's got to get up there. And if God gave you a blessing, He meant for you to use it. Hmm. Thank you, Amy, at least you were listening. If God gave you a gift, and a bless- He intended to be a blessing to somebody, right? I got, I got two more. How many of you have been given a gift by God? Okay, you've got some kind of gift. All right, why does He give you a gift? Uh, Are y'all getting this? He gifted you to use that gift to be a blessing to the church and to the kingdom. He wants you to be involved in things of the body. Boy, I'm finna get gross now. (laughs) Y'all wait. Only a redneck preacher can get by with this in a redneck church. How many of you got dogs? Okay? Y'all remember them old big old gray ticks that's on there? Uh-huh. Y'all done this? Is that tick a blessing or a curse? Huh? That dog, it's a curse. He doesn't like it. Y'all don't like him. Folks, now I'm going to really get gross. Do you want to be a tick or would you rather be something alive and be a blessing? Because if you're sitting around just holding on to the church and trying to get all that you can get out of the church, you're no better than that old gray tick. Does that drive the point home? I'm not calling you a curse, but you're sure not a blessing. Folks, God wants you to be a blessing. And once He teaches you and grows you, He wants you to grow with Him. Because he wants you to be a part of a blessing to somebody. Started this church 17, 18 years ago. Be 19 years this year. Been a long time. We saw a lot of growth through a period of time. But the thing I didn't see, I saw the same people that helped start it doing all the work. There for a while, there was a period of time when. People kept coming, and they wanted just to be a part of it, but they didn't step up and do. And we was always struggling for teachers, and we are struggling for this and that. We'd put on a arena of it and they'd say, yeah, we want to put it on. And we'd say, well, we need some workers. Okay, y'all go find some. They wanted all these things to be done, but they wouldn't get out there and help. But what I've got now since 2021, God's brought a lot of people stepping up here. Young people, old people, newcomers want to be a part. We put some newcomers in charge of the daytime Wranglers. Did they do a good job? Oh, there they are back here on the back row. They're not newcomers there, newcomers to the church. I got some newcomers in the kitchen back there, man. They're doing well. One of them's almost learned to wash pots and pans. <laughs> But he thinks he's a cook. <laughs> You've been there long enough, Ronnie. I'm gonna pick at you. Um, but man, we have a blast in there. And we cook and we all do this and that. And Mike, he's afraid to do anything. I know he can cook. I've eaten his cooking before, but he's afraid I'm gonna, they call me the chief chef. I ain't the chief of anything. I'm just the one doing it. If it's not it doesn't have enough seasoning in it, I just add extra. <laughs> But we, we all get back there and cook. Boy, that's a relief to me that they're up there doing that. So God keeps bringing you in here and you're sharing and you're being a part. That's what makes the difference in a live church and a dead church. And you've been called and been brought into a living church and therefore don't be a dog tick. Get up off of that and become part of the vital body of the animal And help it along because this thing's going to grow bigger than any of us could ever imagine if we all get excited about serving God. And then you won't have to drive very far to find a revival because God's working in Omaha. And there'll be people coming and they'll want to be a part of it because, man, there's something happening down there bar none. Most churches are already saying that. Why? There's more people here on Wednesday night than most churches can get there on Sunday morning. I don't tell them why. I said I feed them, but I don't tell them that. They think it's the preaching, but I feed them. Tanya, how many youth we've we been running now on Wednesday night? Somewhere around twenty. Or so, how many did we start out with a few years ago? Yeah, doing well, making a difference. Why? Because people are stepping up. So I'm here to tell you, when God saves you and disciples you, he's going to ask you to go to work. The only thing you're going to get out of this message is, am I a dog tick? (laughs) And I hope you get that part because I know you don't want to be a part of that. Because you know what you do to them old dog ticks. You pull them off and what do you do? You don't like that? Hey, what what do they do, Amy? Do <laughs> you know what? There's no doubt in my mind there's been people God snatched out of this earth a little bit early and went ahead and killed them because they were worthless to the kingdom. Now, I'm ready to go any time and stuff. But I don't want to be jerked out of here because I wasn't doing what God's called me to do. I want to be busy right up to the time He says, Come on, Dwayne. Get in the bus and let's go. And I said, just a minute, God. There's one more person. There's just a little bit more. I want to be him dragging me and me trying to do what he's called me to do. Because the last thing I want is to be jerked off and thrown down and stepped on. Because God said, boy, you're useless. And I don't know about you, but that's not me. Geraldine said, she, she quoted a scripture up here. and y'all, y'all might, I hope you're familiar with it. There's two scriptures go along with this. One of them says, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, because I never knew you. I don't want that one. They said, well, we did all these things, and, and God said, but I never knew you. But to those who He knows... Those who've been busy, those who've been doing what he's called them to do, he says, Come unto me. For well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. You don't have to do anything more than what he's asked you to do. So whatever he's asked you to do, just do that because that's where he wants you. Now that may be cleaning up, cooking, or, or or doing something. It may be preaching. It just, Preaching is no different than cleaning up, folks. It's all the same in God's eyes. Some's called to be preacher, some's called to be teacher, some's called to be missionary. But a lot are called just to stay right here and work right here, because there's a place for all of you. Some of you called to be musicians. Well, I, I just play to myself. Well, your gift will never grow very much if you just play to yourself because the audience is pretty small and it's a little bit impartial. You know what? If you get up in front of people, you'll try a little bit harder. You'll work a little bit more. You'll study a little bit more. You'll practice a little bit more. Why? Because there's people watching me. So you'll do a much better job. Because you're working at the gift God's given you. And you will mess up. I'm on here to tell you. If you're not, you know the only people that never mess up? The people that are not doing a thing. I used to try to tell people working for me. I said, if you don't mess up, it means you're not doing anything. I'd rather you make a wrong decision than no decision. Because at least you're trying. You can get on from a wrong decision. You can learn a little bit from it. But you can't go anywhere with a no decision. Because you're just there. Back to that, what was that thing we were talking about? Just hanging on. Just hanging on. Swelling up and getting big and fat. Oh, I tell you. There's just going to be some tremendous you know what, plucked off and throwed into the fire because they're useless. So my friend, let me tell you, if God saved you and you accepted Jesus Christ, he got a purpose for you. And He's going to disciple you and He's going to grow you. He's not going to shove you off preaching right after you get saved. But He's going to teach you. And then He's going to, yeah, He could, but probably not. He's going to work you and grow you because you need to learn you got to get grounded in the Word. you got you got to begin to, to, to move and do, start figuring some things out. First time I ever preached, I made a mistake. I stood up in front. <laughs> and some people look like they're about to die and wish they'd hurry up and be over just like today. But I had one lady I could always look at. And she was smiling at me, and she was eating every word, the good ones and the bad ones, and she was grinning. Her name was Mary Nance, and she just, she just, boy, I tell you what. yeah, she was a blessing because I could look around at all those frowning places, and I could find Mary. I said, boy, i got to look at you. Kind of like Vicky. Whenever everybody else is trying to chew food, I look at Vicki and say, well, Vicki said, it's good. I didn't cook it, so it's good. How good was Mary Nance, Vicky? She was number one, wasn't she? She never went on a mission trip. but we never went on a mission trip, she didn't do something for us. Barbara, do you still have one of those dresses that she made for you, or did you give it to the kids? She couldn't go, but she made a dress for every woman that went, and we kept them for years and stuff. I promise you, you didn't go anywhere representing Christ that she didn't have something to go with you because God was a blessing and she wanted to be a part of it and she did it. Folks, that's what we got to be. You got to come in here and be a part of what God's doing and you won't have to drive to find a revival. It'll be right here because He's he's to he's lit the match we just need a few more sticks to get on to make see this thing blow wide open. And then people will be talking about bar none in Omaha, Texas because of what God's doing. But it's not God doing it, folks. It's the people letting God do it. Folks, you, you don't have to convince God that we need a revival. God knows. You're not telling Him anything He did not already know. Here I am. What Isaiah said, here, Lord, send me. Use me. Make me what you need me to be. And when a church full of folks begin to do that, God said, I've got them lined up back here just waiting for a place to go. Just trying to find out what shoot I'm going to run them down to get them into that field. And he's putting them our way right now. And I promise you, he's working in places that you don't even know about right now. And he's got them lined up ready to come. But you got to be ready for them. Twelve, my understanding, twelve, Barbara, you watch, wasn't it twelve students got together to pray? What was the original? Caleb, did you read that? Somewhere around twelve, thirteen. Folks, God was already working back here. They had no idea what was going to happen. But they were ready for whatever. So they began to get together and pray. Their prayers didn't bring revival. Their surrenderance brought revival. They got together to say, "We're in agreement with God. We need one, and we want one." And God said, "Okay. Come on. Come on. You can have ever revival. I've been I've been in revival meetings, folks, time and time again, and I've yet to ever see a real, true spiritual awakening fall out of it." We don't really need a revival. We need a a spiritual awakening. Revival is for the Christians. And what they really are is to try to get the Christians to wake up to go do something. If you're awake and ready to go, you don't need a revival. You need a spiritual awakening where the world wakes up and begins to do what God's called them to do. Because they're the ones that's lost. We just got to join God and get busy about it, okay? So what are you not going to be? Okay, thank you all very much. All right. What are you going to be? You're going to be a living servant of the holy and righteous God, right? So next week when we get up here and we sing, what are you going to do? You're going to get excited, right? We're going to stand up and we're going to praise the holy and righteous God. And somebody better tell me what God did in your life that week because He's not dead He's waiting on you to say, God bless me this week. Do something so I can tell somebody about it. Did I teach or did I preach today? I can preach. And I love preaching. And a little good music and a little good attitude can get me fired up. Uh Huh? Are you ready to go? That's a positive. Are you ready to go? Because if you're ready to go, it means I've done my job. You're ready to go out those doors and out into a lost and dying world to make a difference. That's where you're ready to go. Won't you all stand up with me? Do something, rather than sit. Y'all stand, I'm on bow. We pray for a fire of spiritual awakening to move throughout this area. I pray, Father, what you began you to enhance. And I pray that your people, Father, join you in that, and that this church just goes crazy reaching out to people that we begin to, to, to quit sitting and waiting and begin to go and do and reach and pray and bust down the walls and tear down the, the high places and, and just find this spiritual awakening that you want to do, Father. This area needs it. They're, they're crying out for it. But your church is not for sure. But I pray today that this guy, they, they, they're, they're ready. I pray, Father, that they're reaching out even now and thinking of somebody they can make a difference in, that they come back filled with joy and happiness and excitement and that salvations begin to flow and run and, and, and people's lives are being rededicated and committed and that there will be a great, mighty work done right here, Father. And if we're just hanging on, pluck us off and get us out of the way so that the rest of us can go without the irritation. We need the seat. We need people who are alive and well. We don't need dead, empty space. We need living, holy places so we can meet with you. So, Father, I beseech you with all my heart. Use me in whatever way you need. Fill me with your spirit that I may preach your word. Fill my leadership so that they may reach out and help me. Father, you've given us the tools we need. Now allow us to use these tools to reach this community. And fill these buildings up, Father, so there's a constant need for more room, more chairs, more tables, more everything. Father, we're ready. I believe we're ready. We're getting there. So, Father, begin to work here like You've worked in other areas. And use use these wonderful people, Father, to be a blessing to the kingdom. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great week.